welcome cadets and captains to a brand new edition of M Class Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Josh. This time around we're watching Hippopotamus Oath from D Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, Socrates Oath. Uh, is that it's Hippocratic is Greek, huh? Are we uh, learning? Yeah, Hippocrates. Hippocrates. He was the biggest hypocrite in Greece. Yeah, which where did that... I don't know. That's fucking... How did I'm it not, diverge? Yeah, yeah, I'm not I trying know. to get into all that, I guess. Um, Where this is um entomology podcast that we do. Yeah, it's about bugs. Um, en- oh, wait, did, it, did I say ent? <laughs> I meant, that's not the right one. I think entomology is the one about bugs, but... It's been it's a not, long week. It's funny week. that I said the wrong one. No, it's funny that I said the wrong one. No, it's funny I said the God wrong one. God damn it! Uh, this That's is... it. Podcast is on Monday now. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry, everyone. I tried. I'm holding it back as hard as I can. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, fourth episode in Rich Master's Cultural Exchange Collection, where we learn about spoon heads and forehead wrinkled and whatever. Yeah, we're learning about something. Uh, this time around, we're going to be talking about Deep Space Nine's Hippocratic Oath, Season 4, Episode 4. Pretty easy to remember. Good number. It's my birthday. 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Go me. Go Josh. <laughs> Happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, it's my birthday. A couple of... Seven, eight months from now. <laughs> uh, tr- what's trending right now on Twitter, what's killing men in the U.S.? I can only imagine death. Is uh, it other men? Probably. Probably. Men are really good at murder. Oh, man. Am I good at murder? (laughs) You haven't tried yet. You don't know until you try. Yes, I certainly haven't tried yet. Okay, let's move on swiftly. (laughs) If you've never watched M-Class Podcast before, this is a bad episode to start. Go to a different one. Yeah, this one's bad for multiple reasons. This one's going to be weird because, uh, well, I mean, you probably know. I don't need to get into it. Um, yeah, you got it. F- fuck the Supreme Court and everyone associated with it, and fuck everyone in politics ever. Um, Yay! <laughs> my deepest apologies to anyone who can give birth. Uh, yeah. Yep. Anyway, this time we're watching Hippocratic Oath, and uh, it's written by Lisa Klink. <laughs> I'm not going to make the we're joke. We're not going to... Make the same. She's Colonel Clink's daughter, and no! um, <laughs> I know nothing. Nothing. Speaking they, of, they the joined Nazis. the Supreme Court. I hear. <laughs> um, yeah, Lisa Clink yeah. is the uh, writer of the tel- play, and also wrote of this episode of Deuce Space Nine, and also wrote fourteen episodes of Voyager. And perhaps most famously, uh, she's the writer of Star Trek The Experience, Borg Invasion 4D. Is that the Las Vegas thing? Uh, yes, I will say. I think it is, yeah. That's cool, though. I want to go to Vegas. Let's go to Vegas. Uh, like Star Trek scribes Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orsi, Clink oh, got her God. start on the popular New Zealand-based series Hercules: The Legendary Journeys. Why didn't Lisa Clink become a super famous huckster? Uh, <laughs> like it's a those man's other guys game being a huckster. That's, that's right. It is a man's game. You're right. You're From right. 26 November 
towards uh, 3rd December 2007, Lisa Klink appeared as a contestant on Jeopardy. Did she win? She won five games and earned nearly $100,000 before being defeated in her sixth appearance. By a cyborg Ken Jennings from the future. (laughs) They brought Deep Blue back in to stop her. (laughs) Not everything can be solved by chess, Deep Blue. (laughs) One day you'll understand that. Uh, Thank thank you to Lisa Klink for writing this good episode. Um... Uh, this episode was directed by little-known director Rene Aubergenois. Yeah, he gets to direct now. That's cool. Uh, also known as uh, Ordo. I don't know. Chodo. I don't watch this shit. Um, Can we talk about how Rich picked this one because, again, he turns into a bag? You know he did. You know Rich picked it 100% because he turned into a fucking bag. I was like, oh, this one's kind of makes sense. Like, I get it. Like, the Jemadar, it's kind of cool. And then, like, he turned into a bag, and I was like, oh, that's why we're doing this one. I think this is the first episode that does literally anything to humanize the Jemadar, besides the one where they find the baby. Yeah, this one's pretty cool because that guy, uh, what's his name? Pteranodon? Yeah. <laughs> Gargamelagodon? Tyrannosaurus. Gargagon? <laughs> Bakugan? I, I think his name is Gargagon. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's G-G, something with G's. Just call him Bakugan from now on. Uh, Garanagar. Garanagar, there we go. Which is so definitely the right. name of the Tyrannosaurus Rex robot from Power Rangers. Or, uh... <laughs> I gotta watch that again. I haven't forgot about that. Um, <laughs> this episode is one of those episodes of Deep Space Nine that are um, always stand out to me because one of the characters that you love does something heinous as fuck. And, but you understand it at the end. Are you talking about Worf? Or, no, you're talking about... I'm talking O'Brien. about O'Brien, O'Brien just being yeah. like, Fuck saving people! <laughs> I love I love the B story in this. This is so stupid. The B like, story in this had to happen at some point. Is the thing? Yeah, like, there's and they just no way Worf it. comes here and he doesn't shove his fucking giant head into somebody else's business. <laughs> his giant wrinkled Klingon head. Okay, well you maybe made it a little racial, but uh, <laughs> giant Klingon battle loving head. That's true. Violent Klingon tendencies head. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, this um, is gonna be a good episode. It's like, Worf isn't an idiot, is the thing. Like, at least, yeah. not yet. He hasn't been on the show long enough to become an idiot. But he should understand, like, what a honeypot is. <laughs> like, he's not an He's not a moron. He's, he's, like, worked in security for seven fucking years or whatever. He should yeah. know what Odo is using Quark for. Right. But he's too goddamn obsessed with his own methods. Yep. He can't see the forest through the trees. Can't see the forest for the weans. (laughs) At least he didn't fucking ruin Ryza's climate this episode. Not yet. (laughs) He'll get there, though. This is the time Odo fucking made a fool of me because goddamn man turned himself into a bag. Ah! I can't turn into a bag, goddammit. (laughs) It's not fair. Yeah, the episode starts out with the B-plot, actually, which I guess isn't unheard of for Deep Space Nine. That happens fairly often. Yeah. 
but Worf is um, staring at a guy at a bar, and it doesn't go where you hope it goes. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> Quark comes up behind him, and he starts talking extremely loudly, like, what a terrible mugshot! Why don't they use better visual records? And Worf's like, that picture's fine! <laughs> He's like, that Markalian, Markalian over there is a criminal, and he works for the Markalian syndicate. Because I can tell because of the way he looks. Because I'm a, I, they all look the same to me, is what he yeah. says. And uh, <laughs> Kira comes in, and she's like, Quark, you have a small dick, and everyone hates you, pretty much. <laughs> and he's like, yes, please tell me more. And he's like, oh, it's nice to see you, Kira. What do you want to drink? And she's like, give me a tea. And he's like, all right. Like, way to get, like, completely fucking dunked on and then get someone a tea for it. He loves it. He fucking <laughs> loves it, dude. He loves getting stepped on. He gets high heel ladies to step on his earlobes. Oh, my God. You know it's true, though. You know I it's through, true. I look through his fucking hollow programs, and it's like, high heel, bimbos, earlobe, uh, alpha. <laughs> and uh, my head on Kira's body program alpha. <laughs> Definitely not porn on this one. That's what one of them said. That's smart. <laughs> New cool folder. Dot folder. <laughs> New folder. <laughs> um, I like the uh, Kira's like trying to force a friendship on Worf, and he wants nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah, he's not having it. But he's like, <laughs> Quark is working with that Markalian, and she's like, Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's like, why isn't Odo doing anything about it? And she's like, oh, he keeps Odo in check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but not in prison. Yeah, Worf is very black and white, right? A-cab, Worf. A-cab, but with a K. All Klingons are bastards. (laughs) Damn, now we're getting real racist on this show. Yeah, well, they kind of are at this point. They're at war with the Federation again. It's true. Here we go. I have to wonder, like, in TNG, Worf's loyalties would be torn, right? Like, he, if all of Klingon was, like, against the Federation, he would very much be like, am I on the right side of this? I'm a Klingon. He kind of is, is right? And I don't think in Deep Space Nine that ever even comes up. Eh, I mean, there might be some instances or inferences where he... Maybe, I, I can't but remember. I, but I gotta say, Deep Space Nine really did not know what to do with Worf. I think that was like a executive meddling thing that Worf got out yeah. of the show. Yeah, I think so too. I'm glad that he did, because yeah. like it's cool that he's there. But as I get older and keep like re-watching this, I'm always like, Worf has like literally nothing to do here. Yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> When uh, when Cisco is telling him about like well, your job is to like uh, make sure that like all of the Federation people in the system are doing what they're supposed to be doing, I'm like, what a yeah. boring ass job. He's a fucking office manager, right? Like he's a he's like a bureaucrat, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Over on the USS Rubicon runabout, O'Brien. That's and- a that's a river. O'Brien and Bashir are uh, heading back to Deep Space Nine after uh, they were um, doing some shit in the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah, I don't even know what they were doing. Uh, Star they were doing mapping a, a nebula? A biosurvey of Merrick 3 in the Gamma Quadrant. 
Merrick Garland? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Merrick Buttress. <laughs> so they, uh, they're heading back, and uh, O'Brien is opining about how uh, Keiko is a bitch, and he wishes that she was more like Bashir. Yeah, this is pretty funny. I like this part. Because, like, it, it's not so much, like, Bashir's making fun of, like, the fact that he's, like, gay or whatever. But uh, it, he, he's poking him because he's such an, like, uh, O'Brien's such an awkward idiot, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, he's like, like, yeah. He's just fucking with him. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like the first vestiges of their, like, friendship really forming. This episode is yeah. very formative to that. Yeah. And uh, I, I just love that O'Brien's like, I wish that she was more like... Yep, and he stops. He stops and turns away, and Bashir's like, more like who? Yeah, and he's like, like like a man, you know? So you wish your <laughs> wife was a man. <laughs> and he's like, shut up! Shut up, I'm not gay! I'm not gay! I love, I love dicks, I mean pussy! I'm gonna crash the ship now! <laughs> I, love, I love asses, but only a woman! Um, <laughs> Front asses, not back ones. But they, uh, a magneton pulse fires out from a nearby planet. Well, no, they find it on a nearby planet, and when they get there, a plasma field fires out, and it uh, causes the ship to crash on the planet. It's the goddamn Decepticons. And they're already ready to, like, fight like an old married couple. At least O'Brien is, because, like, Bashir's yeah. like, oh, you p- picked it. Like, this is a bad planet to have crashed on. Just saying that, right? Yeah, it's kind of like... sort of offhanded, and O'Brien's like, well, I'll pick a better planet to crash on. Do you want to try again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, O'Brien, try. calm down, dog. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking... He's, he's tense, man. But then the Jim Hadar appear out of fucking nowhere. Like, the predators they are. They're predators, yeah. They point their guns at him, and they're like, you're under arrest. They're like... Gold uniform indicates security or engineering. High priority. You're going to die. It's like fucking RoboCop or some Pretty shit. Much. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, they they get a little interrogation. I like how the Jim Hadar are apparently really stupid. They reveal in this back and forth. Yeah. Because they're like blue means sciences or medical, a low quality target, a low priority target. What? Yeah, you always attack the healer first. <laughs> that they way they can't heal the games. team. They never played those games. They don't have healers, so they don't That's need. True. They're all DPS, so 100% DPS. That's maybe some so tanks. true. It's 100% yeah. DPS. Their ships yeah. blow up in three hits. They don't give. They, a just, <laughs> they don't even have shields. It's like Jesus. <laughs> um. Even this article says, interestingly, they place value on engineering targets rather than science or medical. I think that's a little insight, too, on, like, maybe, like, maybe a little foreshadowing, like, perhaps that's why they don't succeed in the war is because they don't understand that, like, science can save you, right? Like, it's probably true. I mean, this splinter group of Hadar even, like, start to fight amongst themselves at the idea that a medical officer is worthwhile keeping alive. Yeah, yeah. And they just want to kill. They just want to fucking... They're all hopped up on fucking white, ready to kill. You got some of that white? Come on, man. I'll suck your doctor dick for more white. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the part coming up where, like, they're just, like... 
I, I, at first I was like, are they are they weaning off them off of the white? But then they just give it to them anyway. It's like, what the fuck was this? Like, what? Were, I, were they just like trying to see if like I they think would so. survive? I think like the idea is like because uh, Tyrannosaur like <laughs> lived b- without the white, yeah. but he's trying to find out if others can live without the white as well. Yeah, but since they don't like science or place value on it, he kind of he kind of is like a very simple way of thinking. Like he he survived. Uh, the addiction of white like he's kicked it right but like yeah, so they he, should be able to as well yeah and he's like because I, I was here on this planet so it's got to be like this planet and like oh it's it's incredibly simplistic but like, yeah as we learned the gem hadar aren't taught anything except military no. tactics so and they're like and they're like six years old right yes. like they're like little kids <laughs> the eldest of them is like six because they the yeah. one baby turned into a full adult in like fucking three six days. days or something yeah so, yeah it's crazy but like, as like Bashir's like, we don't know this yet. But he's like a super genius, so he's probably like, well, that's dumb, right? Yeah. But he kind of he kind of goes along with it just because like he, well, at first he's like, well, I'll just like, what else am I gonna do, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And <laughs> like when he does finally do like the the big like scan on Tyranitar, whatever his name is. Um, mm-hmm. He finds out that his body is just like mutated, and he doesn't understand why. Like it's naturally yeah. producing Ketracel white, and he doesn't even find a gland that it's coming from, which medically, which doesn't make any makes sense, no yeah. fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but yeah, like you can track anything back to where it comes from in the body. There's no reason why he we can do be that now. Like we can do that now, right? Like, and and like they have like fucking tricorders that are like. Uh, yeah, I'll regrow you a fucking knee joint. <laughs> right? like, yeah. Like, it's it's a right. little confusing. Yeah. But, uh, for the purposes of the episode, necessary. But, um, the, the idea that there's some sort of atmospheric reason why this happened to him, combined with some sort of, like, maybe mutation or something... Yeah. Bashir can use those type of things to learn, but, like, he keeps running into brick walls... Well, that's my my first thought was like, because like there are people who are there's a very 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 few of them who are born with uh, natural AIDS uh, defenses, and it's just a genetic anomaly. Like the AIDS virus can't attach itself to the T cell, and like they don't know why. Like it's just a just a chance. It's just there's so that's many wild. of us. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I never heard right? anything about that. Yeah, there's like there's like ten of them. There's like ten people on Earth who have this. Right? That's bullshit, but I'll believe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the Jim Hadar, like the leader of the Jim Hadar, who we later learn is Garanagar, uh, which Garanimals, <laughs> which sounds like one of the members of Guar to me. Garanagar. <laughs> The Garanagar is like, no, we'll take them back to the complex alive. And the other Jem'Hadar are like, who? What? what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like, nah, we kill people. And they're like, I'm going to fucking kill them. And he's like, no, I'm Garanimals. I'm in charge. <laughs> so he talks. Uh, back on the station, Worf uh, narks on Odo. To Captain Cisco. <laughs> yeah, what a bitch. What a fucking yeah, bitch. Full dude. on. He's like, Odo is, is letting the Markalian just do illegal activities. And Odo's <laughs> like, there. 
because that's what happens when you narc on somebody in school. Yeah. They bring them into the room with you, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> won't lead to any problems down the road. See you at the flagpole, bitch. But Odo's <laughs> like, hey, Worf, why don't you take all this concern and interference with my duties and shove them up your two assholes? <laughs> Or fuck your two assholes. Am I done here, Captain Pie? I do love that he's like, I have things to do. I'll, am I, uh, I'll be leaving now, Captain. And Cisco's like, cool. Yep. And Worf like, looks between them like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's uh, he's out of his element, right? Like, he doesn't really... I'm not going to get my way? Yeah. Yeah. If I wind but... to Picard long enough, I got my way. <laughs> Which isn't even true. Like, no. I, don't even, I don't know what he's saying. Cisco's very Picard in this episode. There's lots of things that I'm like, oh, this is such a Picard shit, right? Like when he's tinkering with his goofy ass geode clock or yeah. whatever. Yeah, he's, shit like that. He's making no batteries included in his office. <laughs> batteries not included. <laughs> wow. Earlier before the episode, you said that I made a reference that. Even uh, millennial listeners yeah, wouldn't get there's it. There's no chance anyone got that one. Now you make this reference. Yeah. It came it's out around better. the same time as Short Circuit, which is also a movie that none of you re- remember. <laughs> Johnny Five, stay alive. Kick you into, in, kick into your balls into outer space. space. The Hunter Fisher, Fisher Stevenson, when he's yeah, in that's blackface. A, yeah, it's a racist movie. Um, he's he's an Indian guy. Cisco <laughs> is like, look, Worf, you're not a security officer anymore. You're in charge of coordinating all Starfleet activity in the sector, which is a job for a fucking nerd like you. Go or a computer. It. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a computer could do this, but whatever. Dude, if I was Worf, I'd just be like, computer, uh, make algorithm to give people jobs to do. <laughs> And then yeah. I would just, like, go to deck. Well, Worf uh, hates fun, so he, he would does. never do that. He doesn't. He hasn't uh, gotten his hands on uh, high heels and earlobes, too. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Worf is like, I promise not to let this incident interfere with my duties. And, like, Cisco pauses for a second because he knows that that's, like, a fucking, like, cop-out answer. Yeah, he, sa- yeah, he says it, like, uh, what does he say? He says, I promise not to let the the investigation he doesn't say i won't follow yeah, up he's on like it. i promise not to let the incident yeah. inter- uh, the ongoing incident interfere with my duties yeah, yeah. and cisco kind of like looks at him wryly for a second and goes dismissed okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, back on the planet, Bashir and O'Brien get thrown into the holding force field which uh i always really like it, there's like a clever use of low technology and s- small budget with the Jem Hadar like yeah. uh, holding force field where they just turn lights on when it's on yeah. and when it's off they turn the lights off. Yeah. Also, it, like, doesn't it kill you if you touch it? Right. Like, it hurts. We, it, it hurts. It like yeah. burns the fuck out of you because like it's, Quark yeah. gets fucked up when he touches it. Yeah, when they when they get captured with that Vorta who's pretending to be captured, yeah, she's spoilers. like, "Don't touch that shit." <laughs> yeah, well, this was before this, I think. Um, they're they're sort of like back and forth. Like, uh, why do why do the Jim Hadar look so like nervous? They look like they're out of it, thinking about something else. And they're jonesing, man. Uh, <laughs> Garanimals. Garanimals. 
And he's like, it's me, Granimals. <laughs> you and the blue, name. come with me. Yeah. The other ones stay there. Sit down with your legs crossed and put your butthole in the air. Sun that beehole. <laughs> <laughs> Tan your beehole, human. And uh, Bashir gets taken away by himself. And uh, Granagar's like, you're working for the Jim Hadar now. And Bashir's like, mm, no. Nah, bro, I don't think so. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, we only have three days. Later on, he talks, he like says like he's revealing the fact that they only have three days of Ketracel White left, it's, but he's already said it. It's five days. He hasn't said it to his... Yeah. Crew, but he, like he the other says Jim it Hadar. to Bashir like he hasn't already told him that. Y- yeah, <laughs> I, maybe I don't know. Maybe Granimals uh, forgot. Yeah, he's he's a, he's got some. He's a former fucking heroin addict. Their memory isn't what it used That's to. That's true. <laughs> he did kick it cold turkey. It's got to be fucked on his body. Yeah, it's not good. For but you. he's like, look, I don't need the catcher so white anymore. I lived in the forest and I I took some herbal supplements and now I'm fine. <laughs> I, I rubbed some crystals on my yeah. temples. He's like, some yeah. aspect of this planet has freed me from my addiction and that's why we came back. And what I want from you is to make make there be a way for all Jem Hadar to not need the catcher so white anymore. We want to break our addiction and be free. Of the Vorta. They fucking hate the Vorta. Yeah, which, like, I like this a lot, because it it really gives you hope. But, like, knowing now what you know, having seen the whole series many times, like, it's such a tragedy, right? Like, yeah. like the Jem'Hadar like, are people. Regardless yeah. of how long they've been alive and what they were bred for, they are living beings with emotions and thoughts yeah, and, and feelings of their own. Bashir is like starting to see that, and and uh, O'Brien being like the grizzled hero of Setlick, whatever Setlick four. four. Yeah, he's like, nah, they're fucking, they're pigmen, and I'm gonna kill them all. <laughs> you know, like yeah, he really like, goes full like yeah. Full Metal Jacket out yeah, he here. Does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's like, I love the smell of Ketracel White in the morning. Jesus. Bashir's like, look, I don't know. I don't know, Gorilla Man. I'm not sure whether I should be helping you or not. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. Gorilla Glue. <laughs> gorilla Glue. He's like, oh, yeah, come and check this shit out. Yeah. And there are, like, four Jem'Hadar who are, like, tweaking hard. Like, fully into yeah. withdrawal stages. They're coming down, yeah. It's, and, it's bad. Uh, Gorilla Glue walks over and just pokes <laughs> one of them in the chest, and he's like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even like poke him; he just like touches him. And like, he's like, uh, "You did not fall. Be proud of yourself," which I'm sure made him feel a lot better. Yeah, and his brain is his brain is like on fire, and he's like, "Please, God, give me the drugs. I need the like, drugs." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Bashir's uh, he's like, "Will you help?" and He's like, well, I'll need Chief O'Brien's assistance, but yes, I, I'll do whatever I can. Just give those men what they need. Yeah, he's the doctor, Pop those right? fuckers up on drugs. <laughs> fucking bend a spoon and heat it up and inject it into their fucking skulls, get dude. The, get it between the toe webbing <laughs> so Morph doesn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> he's onto that shit. 
and uh, they they get hopped up on the white. <laughs> and uh, I believe it's about time for us to get hopped up on the white and for you to take this commercial break. We'll be right back. I was so jonesing for some white. You got some white, baby? After these messages, we'll be right back. Over the years, you've watched them grow, but it's time for a Save by the Bell graduation. And this is our last night together. But wait, look who's going to college. The Three Musketeers back together again. It's your first chance to see the new kids on campus. I would have known college was this good. I would have skipped high school. In the world premiere of Save by the Bell's primetime special, NBC Saturday at 8, 7 Central. Welcome back from that beautiful message. We're all hopped up on that white and ready to go. Dude, uh, Grandmaster Flash said white lies, but here's the thing. He never had fucking Ketracel ass white, baby. Look, the only white I fuck with is Ketracel white. Yeah. <laughs> you That's bunch like- of fucking honkies. <laughs> it's like some Samuel L. Jackson shit. That's who I am deep in my soul. Yeah, you kind of are. I can see it. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you have that wallet. It says bad A mother effer because you're a good boy. You I would never use such language on yeah. my wallet. Yeah, and I don't. The wallet's sacred. Mine says love Jesus on it. <laughs> Except it doesn't because fuck that guy. <laughs> Now Jesus was fine. It's his followers I don't care for. Yeah, um, he he had some pretty good ideas, but everybody else took that as let's hate gay people. Yeah, there was a. Uh, I'm not gonna get into it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love gay people. As a matter of fact, I think this yeah. is a good time as any to go to the the Trek Boy News Network. God, Josh, I love you. Um, <laughs> it's the news news computer. Uh, I'm going to head on over to our Patreon and get the live number of where we're at at this point. By the time this yeah. episode comes out, the Trek Boy Pr- uh, Pride Pledge Month will be over. Yeah, it's June 28th today. It will be quite sad when it's over, but we will yeah. have made... Let's see, we were at 9.30. We have made $773. Woohoo! For uh, for the Trevor Project, a LGBTQ plus um, suicide prevention hotline and uh, resource center for LGBTQ plus teens. Yeah, and not just that. You're thinking, oh, Jeff, that's cool, but did you do anything else? Did did we? <laughs> At give.thetrevorproject.org slash mclasspodcast, we have raised 666 more dollars. Hail Satan! Hail Satan, baby! Ah, yeah! That's awesome! <laughs> that's fucking dope as fuck. So you add those together, huh? Right? Uh, so let me do this again. What is that? 773 plus 666. I'm not a polymath. I can't do $1,439 to the Trevor nice. Project from the Trek Boys. Yeah, thank you, guys. We cannot thank you folks enough for what you've done. You are the truest heroes. We're just dumping all your money into the fundraiser at the end. And it's yeah incredible. That we've Woo-hoo. made this much. Last time we made seven, I think seven hundred. No, we made 
Yeah, we made a grand total of 601. <laughs> yes, yes. And this time we made a grand total of whatever that total was I just said. 1439. 1439. And that's not even really the grand total because we have several days left. There's two days point. left. Yeah. So I could go up, but at the end of the month when we get our big payout, it's going directly into the same M-Class podcast uh, give.thetrevorproject.org slash M-Class podcast pot. So you'll be able to yep. see the grand total there when we're done. And I could not be more proud. We doubled. We over doubled it. That's amazing. And I'd like to give a special shout out to the folks who donated directly to the M Class Podcast fundraiser at this point. That is uh, Adam Gruber O'Hannigan, Matt McClellan, Michael Blanton, John Mulhulk, uh, Gordon Ream, Ajit Govet, Alan Saylor, Anonymous, Thomas Martin, Anonymous. Double anonymous. That Eric guy's Garrett, rich. anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you guys. And of course, I would like to thank uh, everyone who raised their pledge during the month of Trek Boy Pride. I, I'm a little choked up, man, because this is like the I can't believe how much money we ended up putting into this, and it yeah, really means a lot to me. It's awesome. This is the best thing we do all year. Uh, we usually just talk about dicks and boobs and Klingon dicks and Klingon boobs. But True. now we get to help actual human beings in a time when we definitely need to help people. Oh, God, absolutely. Who, Rights yeah. are being stripped away left and right from women, from LGBTQ plus folks, trans men. And yeah. It's... Uh, but we're, we're helping. We're putting forth this money. <laughs> <laughs> I almost just started screaming into the void on the podcast, so it's good that that didn't happen. <laughs> I would have landed it out. I wouldn't have edited it. You wouldn't have. <laughs> I might have pitched it up higher. Uh? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, thank you so much for your pledging. Thank you so much for donating. And uh, if you want to know the actual final total, you can go to mclasspodcast.com and find the links there. Well, you can see it on Twitter at M Class Podcast. Woohoo! Uh, back on the station. Uh, Worf. There, Worf is doing a uh, big meeting with uh, Jadzia about uh, Klingon attacks happening all over the quadrant. And yeah. it's not going great. The Klingons are just randomly attacking places to try and find a new victory because they 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 ha declared victory over they the Russians. They Garon is Putining yes. right now because <laughs> he yeah. will get killed if they lose. So yeah, yeah, he's being smart about it. <laughs> and Worf is like, hey Odo. Quark is planning to smuggle Talonian crystals, and he's going to meet the buyer this evening. Odo's like, oh, cool. Thanks for the information. Yeah. And Worf's like, well, you going to arrest him? He's like, I'll take it from here, Commander. And he's like, but, but, but. Odo's like, why don't you do your job, and I'll do my job, and fuck you, and go to hell. <laughs> and Worf's like, but, 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 but. He's like, yeah, But fucking. you should be beating him. <laughs> why are you torturing him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, At this point... At this point, you're right, man. Like, why isn't he like, okay, like, something is happening. Like, yeah, like, something he, is up. Odo isn't just, like, chilling yeah. in his office all day. 
Worf immediately jumps to like Odo is an accomplice and or or at best incompetent, and it's like, but everybody else is just like, yeah, Odo's fine, like whatever, right? Like, so how like, would how would that work? His assessment of Odo is more important than everyone else's assessment of Odo that he speaks yeah. to, including the captain yeah. of the station. Right. Which it, maybe that's like the way it was on the Enterprise, right? Like he had to be. He says he's like I, had to, I remain vigilant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like yeah, but you're not the only fucking person who knows what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, you're <laughs> you're not in security anymore, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know all the stuff. Uh, back on planet Catcher Cell White. Yeah, uh, whatever, the party planet. Whatever the hell it's called. O'Brien and Bashir are working uh, underneath a tarp, which is the set for this planet, besides the the overgrown bush set that they go through a couple times. There's a, a really funny part where O'Brien, like, sneaks through some bushes, and you can tell that, like, Colmini is just, like, ducking down. Yeah. Trying not to, like... <laughs> it's so dumb. there's, like five feet of this set. Yeah. You can't go too far. Yeah, uh, there's nothing behind the, where he goes, right? It's just, yeah. At this point, Bashir isn't completely sold on the idea of, like, helping the Jim Hadar. He's still trying to figure out a way to escape with O'Brien. Yeah. And O'Brien creates a makeshift weapon that fires a plasma charge. I call it the Zapopotamus Oath. <laughs> Oh my god. It's a good episode. Um, <laughs> the idea is that they're gonna shoot they're gonna shoost the guard with the plasma charge and then they're mm-hmm. gonna take his gun and then just hightail it to the runabout, which cheese it. As we've learned what we learned throughout the rest of this episode is that the runabout is fine somehow. A- apparently. They crash landed on a planet and they act like they're stuck there at the beginning, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, they uh, I, even during the crash, like I, when I when they crashed, I was like, man, if that's what crashing is like, that's easy as fuck. Yeah, that was bad. Like, they just go like, and like they don't even move inside of the cockpit. Like I guess the inertial dampeners like really yeah. fucking work. They're like, bunk. Oh, yep. we crashed. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fine to me. Why don't we just take off again? Um. Garanagar shows up and his second uh, arachnophobia. Um, <laughs> his, his name is Arachterol. Arachterol. I Iraq uh, two thousand. I, I rock and roll. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He picks up the plasma charge. He's like, "What's this?" And O'Brien's like, "Ah, uh, it's it makes the scanner resolution better." Yeah. And he's like, "Hmm." <laughs> Fires off the weapon and it like hits one of the guards and like knocks him out. Yeah, and almost like takes his leg off. And they're like, "Oh, we need to uh, help this guard. He's got like internal damage, and Bashir can help him." And the guard's like, "I cannot stand. Kill me." Yeah, Bashir's. He makes a good point. I can fix the wound with surgery. It'll take like two seconds. He's like, "No." The Jim Hadar's like, no, if we cannot help, if we are a burden, then we must be murdered. If I die, there'll be more sweet-ass white for everybody in y'all. <laughs> Let me get one more jolt of that white. Let me get a hit of that white pipe. Let me bump real quick, and then I'll die. <laughs> bump, bump, bump. 
Bashir is like, no, we can't let this man die. And Garanagar's like, he's right. We must save him. And they're all like, what the fuck? Yeah, for a Jem'Hadar, it's like fucking insane. What do you We just have said, to kill right? him. We have to kill our friend. Yeah, kill arachnophobia. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's the Vorda's rules, and we won't be living by them any longer. Yeah, so he's, like, adapting. He's, like, evolving, right? And like, the rest of them are like, no, but we must for some reason. Because our genetic code says so. That's a good question, though. Are they bound? This is a very big, this is a very big topic. <laughs> are we all bound to our genetic fate? I don't know. I think it's only fate that you make it. That's what Sarah O'Connor said yeah, from the that's, Terminatrix. That's from the Terminatrix, which is a <laughs> sexy version of the Terminator. That's the Quark version, his holodeck version. <laughs> Terminatrix earstep dot wav. Dot wave, wow. It's a big file, man. Um... <laughs> Back on the station, <laughs> Worf is snuck into Quark's bar. Yeah, which apparently is the fucking easiest thing on the planet to do. Or in space, I guess. He's, he's, he's just like, like he's puts like, the code in B O O B S. <laughs> and Quark is like ins- inspecting crystals. And Worf like dips and he runs into Odo's office. And he's like, Odo, what are you doing? You're just sitting at your desk being a little bitch while Quark's being a criminal right under your nose and Odo's like look I'm really getting tired of your shit right now (laughs) yeah you're really pissing me off like you get in my face one more time my hand will be where my hip be at if you know what I'm fucking saying you know what I'm saying I'm gonna turn my hand into a bag and slap you with it (laughs) fresh (laughs) (laughs) but uh He's like, look, why don't you actually do your job? I haven't seen you do your job once since you got here. <laughs> Wait, who says that to who? They're saying it at each other. Really. Yeah, they're both like, like, you're useless. Yeah. But Odo's like, why are you trying to do my job for me? You're a big, dumb bastard, and I'm the best. You're a big, dumb, two-dicks bastard, but I'm a fucking changeling god, so I can have, like, 79 goddamn dicks. I can dicks. have as many dicks as I want. <laughs> I could be a dick. I could be a Gunji Jack Dick. Uh, Dr. Bashir finally starts to think, like, these Jim Hadar are changing, right? Yeah. They're growing as people and, like, escaping their programming, so they do deserve freedom. And that once he can, like, wean them off of Catch a Cell White, maybe they could be a peaceful people. He said wean. When he peens them off. That's a band from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. All Ween. Did you know Zane took bass lessons from the Ween guy? There you go. That's a fun fact about That's Zane. A, how interesting. That's <laughs> John Zane. Zane-a-ket how how Zane-tristing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he's, uh, he's like deep into his research now. He's actually trying to do it. And he can't figure out what about the planet... Or Tyrannosaurus. Uh, yeah. Well, he hasn't really even checked Tyrannosaurus at all. He kind of... I mean, it's well, been He does, like it's when he days. finds out the body... His his gorilla body is producing the white <laughs> by itself. But it's not coming from anywhere, which is stupid. But... Yeah, he yeah he can't pinpoint it. I don't know. But then he gets close... Uh, I fuck it. But he's uh, like, oh, 
I remember that Jim Hadar child we found, and the Granagar's like, oh, I must have been. It would have been funny to see you idiots trying to raise a Jim Hadar yeah. child. He's like, oh, it was a good thing we had Odo with us, and he's like, oh, Odo, that's the founder. Yeah. He's like, I've never seen a founder. But she was he like, does a little what? Conan the Barbarian soliloquy here. We <laughs> we serve the founders, but. We, they do not talk to us. And I say, Krom, fuck you, I'll do it myself. Damn you, Krom! <laughs> That's my relationship with God. Yeah, well, what Except God? I don't believe in him. Um, <laughs> I believe in Krom more. Uh, yeah. Cooler name. Uh, back in... Uh, uh, Bashir goes back to the cell with O'Brien, and he's like, look, we need to help these Jim Hadar guys. They're good, they're good people. And, and, and O'Brien's like, bitch, you are a fucking moron. What are you like, talking you're about? You're being manipulated by these fucking yeah. dino fuckers. Yeah, the dino saucers are fucking with your brain, dude. <laughs> He's like, these fucking dino bitches. I'm working really hard on how to be racist at them. I'm new at this. Hold okay. up. Denver the last Garanosaur is fucking... <laughs> fucking with you. <laughs> Uh, that's too fucking good. Um, <laughs> Three people got that joke. He's like, look, if we can free the Jim Hadar, they have no more reason to follow the founders, and we could end the Dominion by getting rid of their the army. Yeah. And O'Brien's like, Bashir, you're just guessing. You don't know this. Yeah. yeah Jim may- Hadar are like murderous fucking unpeople, and I hate them. He, I was, I was gonna say before you said that. He, Miles makes a good point. Well, <laughs> well, his argument, Miles' argument, is like we don't know what will happen if if any of the Jem'Hadar aren't addicted to the substance. Yeah, the like, thing, the thing they could run like, off and just be pirates and shit. Like who yeah. knows, well, right? The, the like, thing is, as well, like O'Brien very rightly points out, like he doesn't say it outright, but he like points out that like we could be getting rid of the only weakness the Jem'Hadar have. Yeah, you, yeah, which is really smart. Yeah, he's like the Jem'Hadar are just killers with no other purpose in life. Yeah. And the Dominion keep them in check. They could just be like space pirates and shit. And Bashir's yeah. like they're, but they're still people. Yes, and they're O'Brien's both like, right. They're not people. They're murderers. Yeah. And Bashir's like, look, I'm the lieutenant, and you're a lowly non-com. So I'm fucking ordering you. Pulls rank, man. Pulls it. Remove the runabout's biospectral phase discriminator and you're gonna be helping in my research and that's the fucking end of that. No more discussion. It's an order. And o- O'Brien's like, he says like, yes sir. Yes sir. <laughs> I'm gonna buy biospectral him. Yes sir. <laughs> makes a fart sound. Uh, <laughs> O'Brien is in the runabout. He's under the floorboards. And, uh... Iraq, Iraq the Surge is with <laughs> Jesus, I don't even get that one. It's 2006 in Iraq. Oh. You had to be there, man. You had to be there, man. <laughs> Operation Iraqi Freedom is Yeah, there. mission accomplished. And he's like, uh... They basically both figure out that they're, like, hateful bigots who hate each other and will never yeah. trust each other. 
it's a really cool line when when O'Brien is like, "Well, I guess we understand each other then," and it yeah. kind of like makes Arachosaurus think. He's like, "Hmm, that's that's kind of ironic." Like you can yeah. kind of see, you know what I mean? Like there's that moment where he's like staring yeah. at him, and there's definitely like a thought in his yeah. dumb lizard brain and his peanut-sized brain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, O'Brien blows up the thing he was supposed to get and then uh, takes a tricorder, jumps into the transporter and activates it and appears just in the woods. I'm in the woods now. And then he uses his tricorder compass to find his way. <laughs> he he just like sets his tricorder down on the ground and makes like a fucking uh, Rambo trap. Yeah, apparently he knows how to make apocalypto-style traps. Yeah. If you've ever seen Apocalypto. <laughs> Fucking, I was just thinking of the movie Deadly Prey. Oh my god. Because he does, the whole movie is him in short shorts doing Rambo traps. That's sick. And I was just thinking that this is O'Brien's Deadly Prey. <laughs> uh, Bashir and... Uh, Garanagar. <laughs> Canada. Bashir. Garanada. Garan. Uh, Bashir and Garanagar are like talking about how they can figure out the cure. And Bashir has like figured out that there's nothing on this planet that could affect a Jem'Hadar that way. And Garanagar's like, no, this planet's exactly like it was. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he's and it's like, but you don't know that though, right? Like, this is like the shittiest way to do science ever. Like, yeah, there's no, you're not doing the right science. <laughs> Bashir comes to the conclusion that it's probably just like a genetic mutation, and Garanagar was never addicted to the drug in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and which then, would have been my first thought because it was my first thought. Oh my god, Josh is a real scientist. I am fucking a better... Look, even a dick scientist like me knows about genetic mutations. <laughs> genetic mutations of the cock and balls. We call them genetic screwtations in the dick biz. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, then Arachnophobia shows up and he's like, O'Brien's escaped. And Gorilligar is like, we must find him and bring him back alive. And yeah, and Ar arachnophobia is like you've changed, man. What's what happened to you? You used to be cool. <laughs> you used to be cool, man. I wrote hags in your yearbook. What the fuck? He's he's like you're weak and a liar, and you believe these fools who are working against us. Yeah, and he's like I am still the leader. Gorillagar says I am still the leader. You must find O'Brien and do what I say, or or else. Yeah, and or then he's like, fine, I'll. I guess. <laughs> Fine, we can't have me kill you right now because you have yeah. to kill me later, so... The, the script says that I can't go against you yet. <laughs> and, uh... He's like, Bash he's like Bashir, uh... I'll help save O'Brien from the kill crew, but there'll be nobody here to protect you any longer. Or yeah, keep you... Guard you. Yeah. Guard you. And Bashir's like, I promise you, I'll give you my word that I won't escape. I'm not gonna leave. And yeah. Gorilla Gar is like, I believe you. And he leaves. Remember that time when Bashir did this before where he stayed on that plague planet and, like, tried to find a cure? And I think it was O'Brien was like, you have to come home. And he's like, no! He's always doing this shit. It's true. It's true. Bashir's a big believer in the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah, he loves it. Why don't you fucking marry it, dude? 
Damn. <laughs> fucking got him, Bashir. You, at least you'd be with somebody. <laughs> yeah, you fucking <laughs> ah, you girlfriendless virgin. bitch. <laughs> you virgin. Um, <laughs> back on the station, Quark has uh, has his deal with the ugly alien fucker. He's like a tree man. I thought he was like a tree man at first. I don't know. And he's like, Do they got tree man. He's looking at the chaos emerald this guy gives him. <laughs> And he's like, tell me again how you had to spin around that 3D orb and get this. <laughs> how many blue orbs did you collect yeah. while avoiding the red ones? You didn't touch any red ones? Amazing. Amazing. It's 100% pure blue orb. <laughs> and Worf steps into frame with a face. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like you're yeah. going to jail. Yep. And they're both like, what the fuck is going on? And Worf grabs the bag of latinum off the table. And of course, as anyone in their right fucking mind would know, the bag is Odo. Yeah, we've seen the show. It's Odo. And Odo's like, way to fuck my sting operation up, you dumb fucking Klingon bitch. You double dick dummy. Fuck, dude. He's like, I wasn't after this middleman fuck. Like, who cares about him? I was trying to find his supplier in the syndicate so I could take them down. Yeah, I was turning into a bag for a reason. I don't just turn into a bag every Tuesday because I love fucking bags so much. He lied. (laughs) But then Quark is like, Quark being Quark is like, well, you guys deal with this on your own. I'm going to take off. And Odo's like, Quark. And he gives him back the Chaos Emerald. And he's like, okay, I was go. I was gonna be super quark, but whatever. <laughs> I was gonna turn into a world's first Ferengi superhero. Um, but uh, he's like, uh, I was letting you poke your nose around because it made it seem more real that I was setting yeah. this all up and everything because it was a yeah. stupid flat foot on the case. Yeah, he's using him. It's fucking great. Odo's like, I guess I'll have to settle for arresting the middleman. And Worf's like, doing his embarrassed Worf face. Like, uh. It's just him like staring downward. Yeah, like, mm. yeah. Back on the planet, <laughs> this is when O'Brien makes his deadly prey trap and runs back to meet with Bashir again. And he's like, let's go, we gotta get to the runabout. And Bashir's like, I refuse to leave these people. Yeah, not again. He like rolls, oh my god. I can find a cure for them, I swear. I'm so close. I got yeah. I got some goo in a in a jar on top of this table that's gonna save Look, everybody. Props made this glowing green cup, so we have to use it. So I have to stay here. And he's like, <laughs> they have an argument, and like, I think very rightly, Bashir is like, I, I I'll just flat out put it down on this on the stage here. I'm on Bashir's side on this. Yeah, of this whole it, argument. It makes you feel like yeah, like. And yeah. I guess the episode kind of steers you in that direction as well. But, um, yeah. like, Bashir's like, you know, I'm so close to finding a cure for these people and, like, they're addicts and I can help them. And so I'm not leaving. Like, you go. I'm going to stay. Yeah. And O'Brien's like, okay, like, I'll, I'll honor your autonomy as a person and allow this to happen. Just kidding, psych! And he fucking shoots and destroys the cure! <laughs> They do a really cool effect, like, for 95, I think, this episode. It's, like, it's, like, somehow, like, they cut, like, they split-screen it, or they cut, and it's, like, destroyed. Like, there's a flash cut, right? Yeah. And it's, like, 
it's a pretty cool practical camera effect that they do. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And, like, while, at, like, right after he blows it off, fucking Gorbachev comes back. And he's like, <laughs> you've destroyed it, haven't you? Oh, my God, yeah. And O'Brien's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, yeah, I fucked it. I fucked then it. Then go, both of you. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah, take your ship and go home. But then Arachnophobia shows up. And Gorbachev no. shoots him. Yeah, he's at the runabout, right? And yeah. Gorbachev predators in. And shoots him with his gun. Starts blasting. Yeah, he just blasting. <laughs> immediately starts blasting. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, he's like, uh, I'm going to go back to my men. Like, since I failed them, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill them. Yeah. And, and Bashir is like, "What the fuck yeah, are you Bashir's talking like, You're about? Kill him! Oh my god, you're a monster!" Yeah. And uh, there's this great moment where uh, Gorilla Man is like, "O'Brien, <laughs> you're a soldier, right?" And he's like, "Well, I have been." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, let him know why." Right. And he leaves, and he turns to Bashir, and he says, uh, "He's he's their, he's their commander. commander. He's he's responsible for them. He can't let them down." Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna let him suffer the yeah. horrible death of the white running out, right? Like, that's like worse than death. Worf goes to Cisco's office and he's like, "Odo left this part out of his investigation. I need to tell you about." And, and I'm a big tattler, so I'm gonna tattle on myself. And Cisco's like, "Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, I heard about it." <laughs> he's like. Things on a starship are a little bit more black and white, and there are a lot of shades of gray here. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, Quark is definitely gray. Shade of gray. <laughs> he's like, you'll need time to adjust to the unwritten rules of the station, but you'll eventually fit in, which is not true. He never does. He never does. And <laughs> he gives. He sleeps a on the defiant coffee. like a fucking sad puppy dog. It's it is pathetic. He sleeps on he's the a pathetic bitch. <laughs> But uh, he has a little heart to heart with Cisco, and Cisco tells him everything will be okay, and then it isn't. <laughs> His wife gets killed. Oh, yeah, it's everything it's, turns out really bad for him. It's bad. O- uh, O'Brien and Bashir are in the runabout, and they're about to dock at the station. And O'Brien and O'Brien's like, "Look, uh, I did what I had to do." Yeah, and I hope you'll understand that. And Bashir's like, "You didn't have, have to destroy to up, the cure yeah. and condemn." all of those men to death. Right. Which, uh, was it the cure? You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't know, uh, yeah. He, yeah. But, um, any chance they would ever have is obliterated. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. And he's like, you've condemned those men to death. And O'Brien says, like, the first thing that really sort of like makes you feel a little bit more on his side, at least a tiny bit to make you understand yeah. his position. He says, that was the only way I could think of to save your life. And yeah, ho- he cared I hope about, you'll understand yeah. that. Cared about his friend more than he did those guys, right? And like, and they, they cancel their darts game, but they say, you know, maybe in a couple days. And then they kiss that first time back. They don't show this. It's after the credits scene. But yeah, they look at they each other. They, one of them throws a dart and goes, ah, I did it. I got the, I got the middle. And they look at each other and it goes, <laughs> ooh. Baby, baby, baby. And it's uh, 
really sexual and boner. And Clark is like, I'm going to record this for my hollow program. <laughs> yeah, step on his ear. Step on his ear. Yeah, yeah, bite his ear. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we'll be right back after these messages. Big women are beautiful, too. Now there's a telephone dateline, especially for big women and men who want to meet them. Dial 1-900-230-4000. Call now to hear personal ads from sincere singles who want to meet you. Best of all, you'll get real names and phone numbers and find out how to place your own personal ad. So if you're a big woman or if you're a man who loves big women, call 1-900-230-4000. $2 per minute, $1 each additional, adults only. Welcome back. Oh, we're back. Were you ticket I never watched that show. Uh, they re-ran it on um, Nick at Night at some point, and I was yeah. like, "Man, this show is not very good." <laughs> Any show, even like Head of the Class, where like they're just in school the whole time, it's like, "Bitch, I don't want to watch this shit. I have to go to school tomorrow." I was always confused because, like, I grew up watching Saved by the Bell, right? Where they're hardly ever in class. Yeah, they're always just dicking around, yeah. They're always either in the hallway or just dicking around outside of school somewhere. Yeah, or at, at uh, what's the, the Max. The, the, yeah, the Max, yeah. So, like, when I watch, like, Welcome by Connor or Head of the Class or something, I'm like, they, they're they in the class all the time? <laughs> yeah, this, doesn't, this is not where the fun happens in school. The also, fun does not is, happen in Why is everybody in Mr. Cotter's class 45 years old? Everybody in 1976 was 45 years old. I don't know if you know Mr. that. Mr. Cartier, I'm, f- I'm pretty soon I'm going to join a cult. I'm Whoa. going s- to start a cult. <laughs> um, anyway, we've, we've reached the end of the recap portion of the episode, which, yeah. uh, by the way, I started uh, listening a lot to How Did This Get Made, the podcast. Right. With, good one. Uh, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukas, and June Diane, uh, Paul Shear's wife. Um, <laughs> Rayfield. June there Diane Rayfield. There you go. And um, the whole show is them recapping the movie. Yeah. So I don't feel bad about it anymore. No, they do. that's where the funny jokes come from. That's, look, yeah. we're not America's number one comedy duo for America's a reason. America's number one comedy duo. Jeff and John Send your grandma a DVD She won't know how to run it But it's really funny (laughs) She'll love Jeff and Josh Eventually when a granddaughter Tells her how to use it (laughs) She'll probably Write the instructions On a yellow pad (laughs) (laughs) Uh, grandma will lose them within one week. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we're at the portion of the show where we dive deep into that beautiful trademarked Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. It makes sense. Don't question it. We're not even going into why it may not make sense because it makes so much sense. Yeah. Josh. Yep. What do you think of this episode? I was. Like before I, we watch these, I um always get like sort of an idea of what I'm gonna say for this part because I'm always like, oh, I remember that one, and you know, I'm like really like good at like categorizing shit in my brain, right? Because I'm like obsessive compulsive or whatever. 
Allegedly, allegedly. 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 Right. Allegedly. Uh, as my therapist, but what the what fuck does she know? Uh, alleged but, therapist. Alleged <laughs> therapist. Quote, unquote, therapist. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was kind of, like, down on this one at first, because I was like, ah, you could probably, like, skip this one. Like, it's not, like, that important, you know? But then I watched it, and I was like, all right, the Bashir and O'Brien shit is, like, really good. The the gor- the Gorilla Goo guy is really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd give it, like, a seven, because, like, for a Deep Space Nine episode, though, it's not, like, amazing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just okay. And it's weighted a little bit, because, like, this would be, like, this would be, like, a ten for Voyager. Like, easy, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. I will say but, that as well. Um, yeah. That's fair. I think that's very fair. I think this <laughs> episode has loftier ideals than it achieves. Than it does, yes. I agree with I that. I think there's uh, there's definitely a lot of meat in this story that just sort of we don't get to. Like, that doesn't yeah. happen. We it's get, like, like the shaved version of the meat. We don't get, like, the whole steak. Yeah, I want I want the whole fucking meat. I don't want the shaved meat. Uh, what am I eating a gyro? <laughs> I would love that actually, but um, yeah, I would too. That's tzatziki sauce. Fuck, dude. I do love some tzatziki sauce, um, dude. Inject it into my veins with a Ketracel white thing. <laughs> Just have the tube attached in my neck. And the tzatziki yeah. sauce goes directly. Into it's the- going right into my esophag- esophagus. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, the the story itself does a decent job of getting across its points and everything, but I think um, the B plot, while it was going to happen eventually, regardless, because Worf is Worf, and yeah, I think that's incredibly in character for Worf. I don't think it accomplishes much. Yeah, you don't really get the sense that like Odo and Worf come to like an understanding, like. Worf is more just like, oh, I, I'm used to th- cool spaceships, but now I'm on a, like, a dumb station with, like, weirdos, you know? Pretty and much. it's like, it's like, all right, okay, yeah. You let all these weirdos run around being freaks? What are you doing? <laughs> the freaks come out at night. Throw them all in prison, because I'm a fucking <laughs> cop. Um, A-cab, man. A-K-A-B, A-cab. <laughs> All Klingons are bastards. The, we should make that a shirt. But that would like, be really funny. We would definitely get that taken down. Yeah, because it says Klingon, and you can't. Yeah, you can't. Daddy CBS. Yeah, they're in. They're in charge, right? Um, <laughs> it's not that I. I actually really like this episode, and I think it's necessary. It's like definitely a watch. You should watch episode, and it's good. Yeah. And I like the characterization a lot, especially like I'm a big fan of any episode of Deep Space Nine, like I said at the top of the show, where a character does some heinous shit that's entirely in character for them to do. Yeah. You don't really get that in almost any other Star Trek, except like Discovery and Picard, where everyone does heinous shit all the time, and it's completely out of character. <laughs> People woke up and they chose chaos in those shows. That's They're like, you know what? I'm just gonna fuck everything up. It's, I'm like... <laughs> Six episodes into Strange New Worlds and nothing like that's happened. No, the 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 latest one is like really fucking funny. Like I thought the the one where um they were doing the diplomatic stuff with uh the race who like mimicked 
Yeah, the empathy race. The empathy yeah. race. I thought that was like an excellent episode of Star Trek and also like a goofy B story that was very TNG or Deep yeah, Space Nine. Yeah, the, the fucking uh, paint your, write your name on the, yeah. the scorch or whatever they call the it. The number yeah. one in, in Lawn. They're art. great. They're great. I didn't like Lawn at all, but I love Lawn. It took me a while Lawn. to warm up. I, I nah, still think she's, she's amazing. I still think she's one of my less favorite characters, like... I absolutely, like, right out the gate and all the way up until, like, now, I really love Ortegas. Yeah, Ortegas I think she is rules. amazing. Yes. And no, you gotta watch the latest one, dude. It's, uh, I'm on my dude, way. I'm on my way. It's fucking hilarious. Like, I don't know how they acted their way through the episode. We, I, we have I so know. much trouble, like, Crystal and I have so much trouble choosing what to watch that I have a die down there now that we roll. <laughs> and there's a number for each series we haven't finished. What di- what size die? It's just, six? it's just a regular six sided okay. die, but it it does have space inside of it because it's from my D and D set. So it's infinite. It's it an is, infinite. It die. is infinite die actually. It's the die from uh, the Men in Black. The cat wears it. <laughs> it's a galaxy. Uh, a six. Remember that. I'm going to give this episode a six. Six? Wow, I was going to go for six, but then I kind of upped it. But yeah, I could see oh, six. It's I've seen the episode a lot. It's one of those episodes yeah. that comes up a lot in, like when I'm just flipping around. Uh, it shows up on Pluto sometimes. The planet? Oh, yeah. sorry. The not the planet? <laughs> yeah, the not planet. <laughs> the planetoid? The planetoid. But, um... <laughs> and I feel like... It just misses the mark in such a way, and again, it's weighted. If it had hit the mark with what it was trying to do, it would be. It would have been. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah. No, like, I agree with you a hundred percent. If, like, it, hit, if the, it hit, if it hit that mark, I would give it an eight. But as it stands, like it misses it, and also the B plot doesn't really add anything to the episode. It's, yeah, the B plot's kind of, like it's not even as fun as it could. It's be. not funny. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not it, it, exactly, exactly. It could have been much more fun. Yes, but it's not. It's just warp sulking, which like, of, that's like the whole fucking show with him. Is he's a fucking piss baby. <laughs> the only fun parts are like uh, Kira at the beginning says like a couple funny lines and Quark. Uh, when he tries to steal the chaos, steal the gem. Yeah, when he tries yeah. to Eggman his way out of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm gonna turn some animals into robots. He would. That's a yeah, quirk scheme for Latinum for sure. Absolutely. And so yeah, I'm gonna give it a six. And again, I want that to be a six with an asterisk, like maybe a six point five even. It's yeah. weighted for Deep Space Nine because the great episodes of Deep Space Nine are absolutely excellent. And yeah. uh, also, I think it misses the mark for what it's trying to do. This is maybe one of the weaker Deep Space Nine episodes that I can remember. There's a yeah. few in seasons one and two, but this like the Jem'Hadar like learning about them is like really cool. Mm-hmm. But like they're not they're not very complicated, so it doesn't take all that long for you to be like, okay, I can like wrap my mind around like what these things yeah. are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so so they spend a whole episode like talking about it and it's like yeah we know that the other ones don't want to do this like we got it you know like let's I fucking heard go about it. yeah i fucking heard about it exactly <laughs> so yeah a six with a caveat in that i do like the episode but um it's it just doesn't hit the mark for me in a way that's like satisfying uh, everybody doesn't does, satisfy you in bed no i'm i'm looking for a different partner behind this episode's back. Wow. 
Wow. I'm trying to find, trying to hook up within the pale moonlight behind this episode's <laughs> back. Yo, if you do, like, fucking take a video of that. It's way out of my, in the pale moonlight is way out of my league. Like, yeah. A 10, way out of my league. Pale moon, in the pale moonlight's like a, a New York 12, dude. Like, if I'm on, uh, if I'm on the Cochrane to Catfish scale, I'm like a 3 or a 4. I think you're like a 40. Thank you for your sweet, I, sweet lies. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate them. Funny, handsome, totally real giant wiener. What else could you ask for? Turjwa. Turjwa. Camp Turjwa. Camp Turjwa, yeah. Let's um, make that shirt. It has turgid in it almost, even. It's perfect. It's really a good acronym. It's a very good totally acronym. Totally real giant wiener. Yep. Uh, don't check. Totally real. Um, totally. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where my jokes are about my dick being small instead of being big, and I'm fine with it. This That's whatever. the best kind. <laughs> also, explaining jokes makes them way better. On this podcast? Fuck yeah. <laughs> This this episode is good. It's not like a middle of the road episode. the The dearth between five and six is like wide here. It feels me. wide. Yeah, it feels wide. Yeah, because I I don't know if there's any DS Nine episode I'd give a below a five. I might not even give any of a five. Really. I mean, like the Alamorane episode. The come uh, yeah, I'd give like a four or a three. It's not very good. You don't like that rhyme, Alamorane. Come one home, or whatever. Um, that always reminds me of that episode of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, where they get put in the pinball machine. Oh my god, what a good-ass show. It's the same episode, dude. What a good-ass show. <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark was the better Goosebumps. No, fuck yeah. For fuck, for yes, absolutely. There's no question. I still remember like genuinely being freaked out at the episode where... Uh, the the two kids, the older sister and the younger brother, and their dad is a fireman. Yeah, and I don't remember this one. Their dad tells them not to stare in a flame because uh-huh. that calls forth like an evil spirit. He doesn't say that, but he's like, if you stare into a flame, like you'll lose your life. You'll be burned in it. Damn. So don't do it. And there's like a pool for some reason in the uh, uh, fire station. And they're, like, staying there while their dad goes out on a fire call, and the younger brother stares into an open fire, open flame. What an idiot! Your fireman dad just told you not to. And, like, the evil spirit that starts, like, haunting them and shit is, like, this desiccated-ass-looking burned-up corpse with, like, burnt clothing, like, hanging off of it everywhere, and you can't see its face. Oh, that's scary. And I remember being legitimately terrified of that shit, and I wouldn't look at an open flame like for more than a few seconds at a time as a kid because of that episode. My dad was a welder growing up, and he told me not to look at the welding thing because it'll burn your retina, oh, and then I did. Oh, my dad said that, too. Yeah. I looked at it because fuck you, Dad. Uh, Show also, him. I do remember the old tale, old wives' tale. I don't know if it's true or not, that if you like mess around with a fire, you'll have to pee. That's a joke, right? Like, you'll pee your bed, because yeah. you're going to put the fire out with your fire hose, right? That's the Probably. joke. Probably. <laughs> I mean, they don't know. 
<laughs> they don't know. They don't know what I'm doing with my fire hose. My totally real giant fire hose. Does white pee make it fire go out? <laughs> oh my god. Let's Our find number, out. Number three? Number three? Yeah, does number three put fire favorite Yoko out? Ono song. Not by three? Number Not three. Not by three? Number three. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think we have anything else to say about this episode. No, um, I think we did it. I think we did the show. <laughs> I'd like to extend another gigantic thank you and appreciation from the depths of my heart for everyone who donated to the Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive. We fucking crushed it. We killed it. And yeah. I am incredibly excited to drop that money in at the end of the month. Incredibly yeah, I'm ready for excited. next year. I'm ready for fucking next year, man. I'm Let's ready go. for it, baby. We doubled it this year. Let's double it again next year. Let's go. it next year. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, special thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. Vitizen's cool treats, hot eats. Check him out on <laughs> uh, Spotify and iTunes and Bandcamp especially. Yeah. Get them hot tunes. Love you, Vitizen. He told me to tell you, uh, tell Joshy I've been thinking about him. I miss him. I haven't seen him in, well, a while, because the, the world ended. So the, the panorama. <laughs> the panorama happened. Uh, if you would like to help out the podcast, keep it alive, because we're about to lose like a thousand some dollars. Woohoo! Pledges. <laughs> you can head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and pledge as little as a dollar to get access to behind-the-scenes content like you haven't seen. Like, oh, we right just now. did one. Yeah. yeah. Right now, you have access to Jeff and Josh Talk Over Movies, a commentary track series which has a brand new entry in honor of our uh, success at the Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive. Yeah. It's The Mummy, baby. Yeah, the good one, not the Tom Cruise one. It's the one with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. And Rachel Weiss. And you'll uh, find that on our Patreon for the appropriate tier. I forget which one it is, but... Uh, it's a it's an appropriate choice because uh, people of all uh, sexualities had their uh, sexual awakening with that film, but apparently, especially uh, l- gay, lesbian, and bisexual folks, because of Rachel Vice and Brendan Fraser. Yeah, a lot of people started questioning. Maybe I do want to fuck Brendan Fraser. I had mine because of Benny. Yeah, everybody fucking loves Benny. And I was like, man, I really love unibrows. <laughs> Looks like I have all the horses. That's a really good Benny. <laughs> That's a really good Benny. I barely tried, so it's good. It looks like I have all the horses. <laughs> looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> Benny's great because he's like a white guy playing a... Uh, uh, Middle Eastern guy with a Mexican accent. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, not sure like, what's up with what Benny. The fuck. Let's happening? find out about the 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 Mummy cast. I think I think his name's like Christopher. It's like some real boring name. Uh, his name is uh, Kevin J O'Connor. So yeah, he's go. definitely not Arabic. Yeah, in any he's way, a, shape yeah, he's form. not Middle Eastern. Yeah. Right, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry I pointed that out. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast, and you can uh, shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com, and all of the pertinent links to that and merch and more can be found at mclasspodcast.com. 
do it. Thank you. You can also go to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us do that stuff. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's all right. Thank That's you. why I'm here. Thank I'm, you, Josh. Let's yeah, find out no. if we have any more uh, reviews. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds <laughs> good. What do you think? Let's keep looking like this. Uh, we don't. Uh, thank Yay! you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for all of the reviews we do have. We have a 4.9 out of 5, which is, uh, I think, the best review you can get as a podcast. Because I've never seen a 5.0. Yeah. That's like valedictorian shit, man. Yeah, we are the valedictorians of podcasts. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, for being such amazing fans of the podcast. Spread the word. Tell your Grammy. She'll love it. (laughs) We'll be back in uh, another week with some more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye, two dick havers. I'm mentally ill. Trick, 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 trick with your boy.